0: unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible-carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, Advent is here. The first candle is preparing to be lit on (laughs) Sunday. And the candle of John, and of course then they'll do the candle of Paul, followed by the candle of Ringo, who is, of course, the pink candle, and then, and then George, the most spiritual of all the Beatles, candle number four.
1: Yep, all getting ready for what? Um, what are we getting ready for in Advent?
0: What is that? That's coming. Gosh. Well, uh, for New uh, Year's Eve. For New Year's yeah, Eve. The, for, for the, the ri- New
1: Year's Eve. Uh, that's right. The that's arrival right. of Grandfather
0: Frost. Dietmaros, It's <laughs> Snogorichka, his little snow.
1: Grand no, niece. we are uh, in the season of Advent, and for maybe our non-liturgical listeners who've just tuning in and uh, discovered same old song, the best-kept secret on all the interweb. Um, discovered maybe, by accident. <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait a minute, I thought this was something else. Um, uh, anything but this, but then they've been hooked, you know. So, uh, But what would you say, uh, just briefly, what is the season of Advent?
0: Well, it means arrival, and it's the time of the church year where we prepare for the arrival Of our tiny little baby Jesus Lord Jesus Christ and it is these four weeks of preparation for for Christmas Mm -hmm. and it is a time Mm -hmm. that is it's a you know people call it a mini Lent it's uh, kind of somewhat penitential in our church at least uh, we put it's not you know in Lent there's no flowers on the altar for example Uh, in the rest of the year we always have some altar flowers some pretty arrangement up there but during advent we go to just greenery so there's something up there but it's a little bit understated and that's sort of how the services feel uh it's not the it's it's not mariah carey's christmas album starting with thanksgiving going all the way through the end of december it's uh it's it's a little subdued and it's a time of waiting a time of preparation it's sort of the liturgical reenactment of getting ready for something before it's arrived it, it kind of creates space for that um, in the liturgy in people's lives and all that so that's the idea you got mm. the advent wreath the advent candles if you do an advent calendar at home you sort of a, a getting ready it's it's like you know like many things in life there's engagement before you are married there's mm. hospice before you die you know almost every big thing in life there's like a it's like a baby shower before the baby comes, you know, you do something in the preparatory phases. So that's kind of what it is. I don't know. Is that, did I pass the test? Could you add something to it? No, No, I forgot. Well, I, there's something I forgot to add, but maybe you can guess what it is. What is it? What is it? What is it? It is is the fact that Advent is also sort of apocalyptic. Like the readings are not about uh, as much about the first arrival of Jesus. They're, there, a lot of them point to his second arrival, the second coming of our Lord, which we talk about every Sunday in the Creed. We look, we wait for his coming again with power and great glory. But uh, Advent's a time where you kind of smash together the first coming of Jesus Christ and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So um, you're 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 bringing those both together um, and looking ahead to that. So it's yeah, there's an apocalyptic element as well. Get ready, yeah. y'all. Look yeah busy. that's exactly Jesus right yeah that's right
1: uh, you can guarantee because he came back uh the first time uh he definitely will come back the second time and so uh the uh readings tend to reflect and uh, you know the colors tend to be either purple uh for that many penitential season or blue um, uh, for uh the dawn kind of um not uh, some would say for mary but it's also the dawn the like early days and so because uh, Advent reminds us that we are in the midst of what's called the already and the not yet. And um, and so the best description I use to kind of describe Advent is uh, like five in the morning in New York City. Uh, mm. Five in the morning in New York City, it looks like it's nighttime outside. Um, completely nighttime. Um, but it is 5 a.m. It is definitely the morning. And the sun uh, shall rise and the dawn shall break. And so... It is uh, reflective of those um, those early uh, colors in the morning, and so that indeed uh, the sun uh, in his resurrection is the first fruits, and the dawning of a new age has begun.
0: And I think uh, also, you know, the the blue, if you use that color, and really the Episcopal Church is the only one that uses blue for Advent. Uh, The Roman Church is all purple. Uh, emphasizing that that kind of penitential penitential season, but um, the blue for us also, it, it's kind of a, it has it's a it's a serum blue, so it's kind of in that royal blue family. And uh, the the arrival of the coming king is sort of what we what we're looking towards. Another one of those layers of symbolism. I will tell you, Jake, the paint on the wall behind you in your study at Calvary St. George's is, is very close to the color that we use for Advent <laughs> That's well beautiful. Well, yeah. oh, you're yeah. welcome.
1: I did it. Hey. I had the room painted for that. But uh, um, uh, our readings today are Isaiah chapter two verses one through five, and then we move into uh, Romans chapter thirteen verses eleven through fourteen, and then um, uh, Matthew chapter twenty four verses thirty six to forty four, and so but we come to this uh, very powerful reading in Isaiah chapter two, uh, where uh, Isaiah Isaiah sees a hopeful vision, a hopeful vision of a uh, time of the nations coming to the mountains and um, and uh, uh, Walking in peace. That's right.
0: So there's a lot of things that you could uh, hit on on this passage, some little nuggets. Uh, One, it's being written during a time when the whole project of there being a mountain with a temple and people coming to it has sort of fallen on hard times. This, what Isaiah is talking about, is the kind of perfection of a vision that they already tried once, which is to have this central place for God's people, Mount Zion, huge kind of hill in the middle of jerusalem it had a temple on it and um you know isaiah is is prophet warning people about the fall of that and but there's and he's looking ahead to a time when it's restored and not just restored but kind of perfectly restored in a way that never was and you get a sense that he's talking he must be talking about something other than the mountain in the middle of jerusalem because he talks about uh the highest of the mountains being mm-hmm. raised above the hills. So there's there's something different about this one. And also it's different because it's for all nations, as he says. Uh, many peoples, uh, these would be the Gentiles. The, um, and, and so they're, they're coming to learn that they could follow the paths of Yahweh. So and, and there's also this interesting thing that happens where it says, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he shall judge between the nations. So the word of the Lord first sounds like, you know, a message, a a text, you know, going to read the Bible or something. Mm -hmm. But then it says he, it shifts to a personal pronoun, which looking at that through the Christian lens, we see this as, you know, Jesus Christ, the word of God, as John tells us in John 1. Um, And the result is this beautiful image the beating the swords into plowshares and kind of the ending of the human tendencies to want to destroy each other so you know you you think about bringing all nations into one place you bet your bottom dollar they're going to start fighting uh yeah when you come to this new vision there's there's a different thing you get you get a bunch of people together for a family reunion. there's going to be arguments and fights in the parking lot afterwards so
1: yeah yeah i think that's one of the ironic um the ironic uh uses of isaiah chapter two is um, you know right outside the UN uh, headquarters in New York City, there's this giant, large sculpture of a blacksmith beating um, a sword into a plowshare, and um, and uh, and it has this quote, you know, and but the worldly powers cannot seem to put this together. I mean, for crying out loud, we're recording this a couple of weeks in advance. And I don't know if you were following the news closely, but yesterday, World War III it literally almost started. You know what I mean? Came this it was, close. Uh, Two Russian this missiles close. landed.
0: Russian-made missiles landed in Poland, a NATO country. And,
1: Turns out and, they were um,
0: maybe Ukraine's anti-missile uh, yeah. defense. But so, nevertheless, this,
1: this is not possible. Um, this is not possible on our own terms because the human heart is beyond wicked, and indeed, we need to come to that hill that draws all nations. Um, and uh, where the word of the Lord took flesh and uh, died for us to bring about peace. And uh, this, is, this is really the idea, I think, that comes at the end of the passage. House of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of Yahweh. I mean, the yeah. point here is that the house of Jacob is not walking in the light of the Lord. And the truth is, is that on our own, none of us are. Um, but um, but if, if it is the case that God has chosen Jacob... To be the one in whom all the families of the earth will be blessed then it stands to reason that out of that house of Jacob will come the one who will bring uh, peace and the light of the nations and indeed that is the way you get to um that's the way you get to Jesus Christ in this passage that's the road uh, the one who is now no longer on Sinai but specifically the Mount Zion which is a mountain of peace that draws all the nations to himself yeah
0: and by the way, uh, the the end of this Isaiah passage gives us the first drumbeat of the drumbeat that will continue throughout the, today's readings and and the season of Advent, the the, the interplay uh, and of light and dark. So it says, "Come, mm-hmm. let us walk in the light of the Lord." And so this passage sees all these people coming to Mount Zion, and they need to they need a word from God. They they need to be taught in his ways, that we may walk in his path, because we presume that they are not already walking in God's path. So they're moving from darkness into light. And that's something that, you know, St. Paul is about to pick up. It's in the Collect of the Day. There's such a tight interweaving of the Collect and the readings throughout Advent. And by the way, the Collects are some of the most fire Collects of the whole liturgical year. Uh, and by the way, also for your church members, if you want to remind them that Advent is the first – Advent 1 is the first Sunday of the new church year. So the new church year does not begin on January 1. The church year begins on Advent 1. And so as we kind of – it's a time of year where we're in winter, getting kind of dormant. We're in the dark. Quite literally in our lives. Uh, there's less and less light during the daytime. So, the collect, the readings, the weather outside, um, the lunar and solar cycles, all these things are kind of working together to create this sense of we're all waiting expect- expectantly in the dark and hoping for light. And gosh, it's some of the most preachable stuff of the year because who among us is not in some sort of situation that they wish they could change, in some sort of darkness in their own life, internally in their hearts. Uh, as you and I were talking before we just started recording, just the, there's like, you know, it's front page of the New York Times, the Adderall shortage and a bunch of medications that people use and, um, for mental health. And uh, there's like, it's going to be six, 30 to 60 days before they can get the production up and running again. And um, all these things... Um, that are, uh, you know, we're heading into an election season, all these things that are causing stress, difficulty, uh, and darkness in people's lives and, and waiting for light. So very much uh, um, these readings are full of stuff that can connect with where people are, mm. are living. So, well, let's let's keep moving and uh, now turn to our reading in Romans 13, 11 through 14, where Paul, this immersively short reading, and the readings in general for this day are pretty short. Um, Paul says to wake up, from sleep. And he says, lay aside the works of darkness, put on the armor of light. And then seems to give me a hard time for what I'm planning to do on New Year's Eve. He says, no reveling, no drunkenness, no debauchery, no licentiousness. Um, And uh, instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Is this just a huge wet blanket, Jake? What's going on here?
1: No, but unfortunately, this is how it's oftentimes preached. Um, And so, I, I I can't help every time I come to this particular text Uh, Romans 13, verses 11 through 14, and think about that great, uh, you know, piece of American wisdom that's come from a bumper sticker uh, that says, uh, Jesus is coming back, so look busy. Yeah. (laughs) And so wake up and look busy. And uh, that is to misunderstand what St. Paul is talking about here. What St. Paul is talking about here is not about piety. That's not what he's getting at. What uh, St. Paul is actually getting at is... um, is the reality that your time and your life is short? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are uh, we we deal with that uh, daily as clergy, and uh, um, I was talking about that earlier this week with some people. There is something within us that thinks that we're going to live forever and everything's going to be just fine. And um, but the truth is, is that nobody knows uh, how many days they have. And so wake up, St. Paul is saying uh, that you're not going to live forever. That's that's essentially what we're getting at. This age is not all that um, there is. And so instead of it being a wet blanket, um, you know, and uh, hey, man, I love licentious as much as the next guy, you know, who doesn't? And so um, but what this is saying is, is that, you know, I uh, get out of yourself Um, what, what tends to, to, you know, time is short indeed, but, uh, you know, when you're living it, it can seem long. And so, and it's really easy to get bogged down in this stuff. This, you know, I mean, I see it with so many, uh, men in this city, you know, the, you know, 45 going on, uh, you know, 30 or, you know, 27 and they think they're children. And it's like, no, it's a wake up, uh, your neighbor needs you. And so, uh, this is, this is what it's all about. Um, You know that 1980
0: musical, Fame, about a performing arts high school in New York City?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to live forever.
0: I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. Great song, but it didn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just want to, just no ambiguity here. I do mean Fame, the musical, not the Financial Authority of Maine. Also, same acronym, so let's just get that clear right from the (laughs) get-go. Thanks Uh, for clearing that up. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things... Just to, you know, uh, harp on this point again, Paul, interestingly, sees people, this is a, a, an analysis of the human condition, kind of in our low anthropology stuff we always talk about, but uh, Paul sees his audience as asleep, and they mm. are Christians, which is interesting. People that have an overrealized eschatology, meaning they have an a, um, exaggerated sense of how Christians are maybe doing better than before before. Uh, they they think sanctification has been more complete than it actually is this side of heaven um, they think that all Christians are awake and you know all, but here Paul is showing clearly that no even Christians can get a little drowsy sometimes and yeah. we do need to wake up and that's what Advent is for to kind of wake us up and to yeah. remind us of the great cosmic uh, realities and supernatural realities that, that surround us at all times
1: yeah and I mean I think that's the important thing too why Paul is saying to wake up is because the truth is is that uh, we live um, in the midst of us, the idea of the already and the not yet, like already Jesus has died and is ushering in the new age and uh, not yet. And so in this age that there's like this overlap when darkness seems to have the upper hand, like we just saw the other. We almost went to World War Three or someone we love is struggling with an addiction or, um, um, you know, the effects of the lack of Adderall, uh, well, uh, sometimes it's just easier to stay in bed, you know? Sometimes mm. it's just easier to take control. Sometimes it's easier to self-medicate. But the truth is, um, if that's the case, you're sleepwalking. And, uh, and Paul is saying, wake up. And the, yep. the words that, but the words that wake us up is not like, hey, guys, try harder. You know mm. what I mean? Hey, guys, get it together. No debauchery, no licentiousness. I mean, count me out if there's no licentiousness. But anyway, just kidding. But, uh, but, but the, the words that wake us up is this profound gospel proclamation that rings throughout Advent. Uh, Christ has died for you, Christ has risen for you, and Christ will come again for you. Uh, those three words, those three declarations uh, have the power to, 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 to wake you up and uh, use those words to wake your congregation up to the truth that um, their neighbor needs them.
0: That's right, and I would say um, one of the interesting things is the stuff that's listed here: reveling, drunkenness, debauchery, licentiousness. Also, quarrelling and jealousy. Those are sins we don't typically think about as sins, but here they're listed. We, t- yeah, reveling, drunkenness—that's awful. Yeah, spring break in Cabo—that is terrible. Um, but quarrelling and jealousy. Oh, mm. I didn't know that. I, but I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm arguing with people online all day. That that's a, <laughs> that can't be a sin yeah actually it is so um the interesting thing though is these are often seen as if you really you know if your motto is yolo you want to live once you want a carpe diem and you want to just really live life to the full often it looks like people who say that like you're reveling drunk or just you know go full tilt go all out and, you know get crazy um uh and what paul says is no you can actually be doing all those things and that's is that's indication of you being asleep. You're actually missing out on what's mm-hmm. really real. Um, you're sort of uh, drugged a little bit, and um, if, if whether your addiction is debauchery and licentiousness, or your addiction is quarreling and jealousy, which means arguing with other people and measuring yourself against other people and envying them. Um, and you can do that in a spiritual setting as much as you can do that in a sort of secular, worldly setting. So, all of that um, is is indication of you're asleep and you've mm. missed the fact that Jesus Christ, the Logos, is is in all, above all, loves you, will redeem you, will save you, and uh, and is coming back. So, uh, that's Romans Romans thirteen that we are mm. all asleep. Uh, Jesus is going to wake us up, and uh, and. That's that's good news. So Mm. Matthew twenty four. Now we end with Jesus again on kind of these uh, this light and dark being asleep versus awake, and he ends this uh, talking about an owner of a house uh, when a thief is coming, and he would have stayed awake during the night and not let the house be broken into. So get ready because the Son of Man, aka Jesus, is coming at an unexpected hour, Uh, and he uses this kind of long discourse on Noah. And how the people in Noah's day were just having a great time doing what Paul says mm-hmm. not to do in Romans, reveling in drunkenness until the, the rains came. Uh, and there's this apocalyptic look at uh, the rapture. At least people use this text to talk about that, about well, two women. Yeah, it's, it has a bad, uh, bad exegesis. But um, anyways, yeah. talking about one woman grinding flour and the other one being taken up and the other one stays. And Yeah anyways uh, well I mean from here if you were to preach on this passage Jake yeah what would you say
1: well I think uh, you know there's a couple of things you can like talk about this is an eschatological teaching for sure but it's not about the rapture um, it is uh, the first thing that I think you can like glean from this is how Jesus uh, teaches about the eschatology and what he has to say about the end times and what he gives us is like He gives us an open system as opposed to a closed system, which is how much of American um, eschatology works. Like um, a closed system says, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. So watch out. And what that does is, is that puts us in control. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, live life as if it's your last day. Well, that's the case. You know, I would be like either trying to save my ass or curled in a ball, like freaking out. And so, but Jesus (laughs) here, he gives like an, uh, he gives an open system here. And what an open system requires, because he doesn't tell you exactly when the end is going to happen, it requires two things. One, uh, and we hate it, Uh, wait, (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And then the second is to trust, trust that God is totally and completely in control. And so, um, uh, and he does this because he doesn't, it's not because he wants to keep us in the dark and like, oh man, you better watch out, better not cry because Jesus could come back at any time, you know? Um, It's uh, because he wants us... uh, he wants us to um well he knows that if if we knew when he was coming back we'd be doing everything but trusting in him because that's just our sin like living actually in the moment and uh and looking for places that um uh where we can serve and uh, be present and so um so i guess um uh, waiting, 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 waiting. I mean, kind of like the great pumpkin. The Charlie Brown's great that story with Linus waiting for the for the for the great pumpkin to arrive. I mean, that's a beautiful, beautiful illustration of um, of what Advent is all about. You and I are in a field, and everybody else thinks that we're crazy. We're totally yeah. crazy. Uh, but as a Christian, uh, we believe we've been given the faith to believe and know that our Lord, because He came once will come again. And so we wait and we watch and our cry is that great Advent hymn, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and mm. uh, and rescue ransom captive Israel and uh, the Israel of faith. And uh, he, in the meantime, continues to meet us uh, in baptism. He continues to meet us in bread and wine. And uh, he continues to meet us all the way until he returns again. And he meets us in those means Uh, a preacher your job too to preach um, so that um, so that uh, you can wait patiently and know that he's for you in the midst of it
0: yeah and uh, as you prepare to preach uh, for Advent 1 make sure you listen to the Rage Against the Machine song Wake Up where Zach Delaroche just screams over and over at the top of his lungs
1: Wake Up
0: and that'll put you in the exact right spirit there's some serious uh, Advent energy there that might
1: be our offertory
0: <laughs> Fleming Rutledge said to prepare for Advent, you should read *The Road* by Cormac McCarthy, which oh. is like dystopian post-nuclear apocalypse. And she's uh, kind of not wrong. So no, it's, it's totally looking for right. light in the darkness, and and you don't just like you don't get Easter without Good Friday. There is Advent. Um, you know, it does put us in the mind of. uh, The Blessed Virgin Mary, um, now with child, waiting and suffering and dealing with all that. Joseph waiting and suffering and dealing with all that. The trip to Bethlehem, all that. Mm. And looking at the ways the people of God, including the Christian church, is waiting for redemption that has yet to, that has come, but has yet to come. And um, so, fame, Zach de la Rocha, Advent 1. It's a potent cocktail, but have fun there in the pulpit and make sure you preach the gospel. It's good. All right. All right. Well, till next time everybody. To, yep, when we light the candle of uh, uh, Paul McCartney. Somebody's looking, somebody
1: cares. Somebody